Hey, y'all. This week on the podcast, we're joined with our good friend, Travis T-Bone Turner, one of my favorite guys in the entire hunting industry. You're not going to find anyone more genuine, kind-hearted, or overall positive than this fella. And he's also one of the most knowledgeable when it comes to archery. So this conversation was entertaining, it was encouraging, and it was not short of laughs. So be sure to tune in. Lastly, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, head on over to iTunes, give us a rating, and write us a review. Mr. Travis T-Bone Turner. Yes, sir. So, uh... Man, you've been like a, trying to get you on this show. It's been like trying to chase down a white whale. I know it, and I and I I tell everybody that tries to corral me if you if you can't hunt me down, we question how good a hunter you actually are. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm a slow moving big target. <laughs> Man, look, all all jokes aside, um, I really appreciate you 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 coming on here and uh, taking time to talk with us for for a few minutes. And oh I, yeah, I gotta say this too. Um, Cause like before, I've been with Primos for five years now, and before I, I started working there, before um, I did anything in the hunting industry, I was I was a fan of Primos, obviously. And I was a fan of Bone Collector, and I always always enjoyed watching you guys. And so, I mean, it's honestly just to get to sit down with you, like it's cool for me, man. Cause I always I always enjoyed watching you. Still do still do well i i appreciate it just it uh lets me know how long we've been in the industry we're blessed to you know like yourself too we're blessed to carve out a career in this industry and mm-hmm. you know when people tell me that it's just like man you're getting old t-bone everybody's saying man i watched you back when i was three i'm like don't say that it makes me feel old <laughs> but thank you for saying that absolutely yes, absolutely i've always just i think um i think not i don't think i i, I know this I, I people are just naturally drawn to authenticity and people that are, are good-hearted and good nature like like my brother uh my brother's not that big of a hunter i think i think like two years ago i took him hunting he shot a doe that's the first deer he shot in like 10 years but even him i told him i was doing this he's like you're doing a podcast with t-bone <laughs> like yeah he's like man i love that guy and oh. he and he never why i mean hard i mean he watches the primo shows now kind of because you know because sure. i'm involved but he was he was like man i love t-bone you just you just a i don't you're, you're you're a likable guy. The Barney of the hunting industry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying that. And me, Michael, and Nick, we all feel the same way. I mean, like when we we all three come from humble beginnings, and just like you know everybody that's ever been a part of Primos and such, it's just good old country uh, outdoors folks. You know, yeah. we, we're all humble, we're all appreciative, and you know we we uh, you know. M- well, I tell the story all the time, but me and Michael always talk about Plan B because we come from such humble beginnings. We always think, "Well, man, this probably be the last year." God, I can't believe we're hunting, mm-hmm. you know, for a living and getting to go around the country. But this is probably the last year. It's going to fade out. And I tell Michael, I'm like, oh, "Surely somebody will hire me to, you know, fletch arrows in their shop, or, right. or uh, you know." He said, "Yeah, I'm sure Dad will let me run a sheetrock crew or something with him." So yeah, we we got something to fall back on. So. I think it's good for us, you know, all of us, you know, anybody in the hunt industry or any industry to, to keep that humble so that you uh, keep that drive and you're appreciative of the platform and the position that you have. So Absolutely. I appreciate you saying that. We, you know, when, when folks meet us and stuff like that, it, by all means, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but, you know, they're like, you can tell they're a, a little starstruck or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I just put my pants on just like, right. we're, we're, yeah. we're just so appreciative. I mean, actually... You know, the the term professional hunter gets used a lot, and we hate that because yeah. we aren't pro hunters. We just happen to have a camera on us. Um, half the people we meet are probably way better hunters than we are, <laughs> but but we just are lucky enough to get to document our uh, yeah. 
uh, shenanigans out yeah. in the field. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I I get. I can't imagine how much you get it because, like I said, I've just been with Primo's five years, and I get that a little bit. I say the same thing. I'm like, look, I'm like, nothing about me is even close to that. Yeah, <laughs> like half the people that say that to me, like I said, they're probably better hunters than I am. Absolutely, I'm just, I'm just blessed to get to go a lot. And oh yeah, get to hunt with a lot of people that know a lot more than I do. Like you know, like Brad and Will and Troy and Jimmy. You know, sure. Um. So tell me this, like, and I, like, I'm sure you probably told this story a bunch, but I, I've, I personally have never heard it in detail. Like, how did you get started? Like, I know you have a background in, in archery and like, how did, how did you get started that would eventually led to bone collector and all that? Well, uh, to, to take it back right out of high school or in high school, I worked for Mercedes Benz in, in, in Atlanta and, uh, I did that for nine years and, you know, like so many people that are out of high school, you don't know what you want to do for a living. It's hard to figure everything mm -hmm. out. And folks go to college or they go to trade school and they learn a trade or they learn something in college. And then by the time they get out, it's like, man, I do not want to do that for a living. And that's the way it was with me, too. I mean, I'd always grown up hunting and fishing and, and uh, you know, loved the outdoors. But I'm like, you know, I can't make a living doing that. So out of high school, I, I, I didn't do too good in, as far as grades. I graduated class of 86 and a half so nick always says I, I went to summer school just because i like the mashed potatoes and gravy but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i did graduate and made my mom proud as far as that goes but um you know i wasn't college material um and and i i said oh i got to do something for a living so i'm going to be a heating and air conditioning man so i went to, for two years to a trade school to learn heating and air conditioning and about the time I was going to graduate, I was like, man, I do not want to do this for a yeah. living. And, and I was still working for Mercedes-Benz, and I was shooting competitively on the weekend. So, uh, you know, I'd, fortunately, I just couldn't get enough of 3D tournaments and was pretty good at it. You know, had a natural ability for it and was doing pretty good. And I got picked up by uh, Browning to be on their national team. And yeah. I had, uh, lucky enough, I won the, won the uh, world championships in 1991. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the blind hog found the acorn that year, so to speak. So <laughs> I got me a – I was able to win the world championships, and I'm like, I got to decide on something to do. And I said, while I'm young and I don't have any, uh, you know, responsibilities, no family, no no kids, no wife, uh, I'm going to try to do something because my dad and my uncles and my peers had always told me to do something, um, you know, that you loved and you never feel like you worked a day in your life. And I'm like, I, I cannot continue to gr go to Atlanta fighting an hour and a half uh, traffic every right. day, working on Mercedes, which was a good job and paid well. And I was like, well, I could do heating and air conditioning, but I really don't want to do that. I'm like, before I get responsibilities, I want to make sure that um, I, I try my passion. Now, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I kind of liked fishing more than hunting even then, hmm. but I loved archery. I knew I loved archery. I was spending as much time in the afternoons and the evenings and the weekends shooting tournaments and working on my bow and stuff. So. I took a job, took a huge pay cut, went to work in an archery shop in Dallas, Georgia, worked there for two years, and then me and a buddy of mine opened our own shop, which right. was south of Atlanta, and I moved away from the Douglasville, Atlanta area where everything was a hustle and bustle. All the better hunting and fishing was south of there, and right. I moved, uh, bought a single wide trailer for $19,000 and moved it on my buddy's horse farm, parked it in his pasture, and I lived in his pasture. and. We ran our store, and two years after it started the store, I bought him out, so it was all my store. And, you know, wasn't, wasn't knocking down no millions by no means, but we were scratching out a living right. doing something that we loved yeah. and began getting a good following because of, uh, you know, hopefully a personality and our, our, our service and work was good on the, on the bow. So I still toured and I still uh, shot competition. Well, in that time, 
I met the guys from Realtree, a couple of the camera guys. David yeah. Blanton lives in the same town that I live in, in LaGrange. And I love David Blanton. Yeah. Love that guy. So, solid as they come. Yeah. And uh, they began using my shop for uh, for their archery stuff. I had told them, you know, they were getting their bows set up at, you know, uh, uh, mass merchant stores and mm-hmm. such. And, you know, you could tell it was just halfway done. And they was having all these uh, entertainers, country singers, baseball players. And you could tell... Maybe it was just a pet peeve or a little bit of me being anal, but I'd see guys in their advertisements draw back and their anchors way back behind right. their ear. or mm-hmm. They'd have a picture with no peep sight in there. I mean, there's all kinds of things that were wrong. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, you know, Realtree, you know, and, and, and their video series, you know, way back when, mm-hmm. you know, there was only two or three things going, you know, Mossy Oaks hunting the country and uh, Buckmasters and Realtree on yeah. TNN. That's, that's probably before you was born. But, <laughs> but anyway, way back when, that's what was going on. And I right. said, this is the, you know, one of the top videos and one of the top hunting shows. I mean, like, y'all, you need to make sure everybody's you set up correctly. So I said, right. you know, use me by all means. I want to facilitate that. If that's my 15 minutes of fame is helping people get that. And I thought that was going to be it. So um, anyway, I, I began setting up their bows and right. country singers that would come into town and then um jeff foxworthy was going to start yeah. bow hunting so i got him set up with a bow and and uh that's about the time that they had the monster buck series and they had asked me about uh if i wanted to help set up the targets because it was always a competition that michael and david and um, bill had always done mm-hmm. and they said you want to help set up the targets because you you know are, are well versed in the competition archery so um anyway I, i'd set up the the courses and stuff and then they asked me to be a part of it play a sidekick character with uh, jeff foxworthy his character was named willie and they said we can't call you travis um, what can we call you and i never had been called t-bone ever and i <laughs> five minutes before we was going to start filming i said what about t-bone that's short and sweet and to the point and they said yep we'll call you t-bone so the whole time we're filming this we're thinking this is going to be this was in 1999 or 2000 yeah. they said you know, I was thinking, like, this is just me on TV for 15 minutes. I can right. check that off the list and go back to my life. And and uh, we filmed it. Everybody liked it. You know, it, that was back when DVDs and VHS, well, it was VHS yeah. back then. And, you know, you couldn't have all the instantaneous YouTube and digital yeah. platforms back right. then. So guys were taking the videos and stuff to their hunting camps. They, uh, you know, the, the wives didn't mind watching it because it broke up the monotony of just hunt after hunt after hunt. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of comedy, hunt, 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 a little bit of comedy and archery tournament. And so it, everybody liked it. So we kept doing it more and more. And then, uh, you know, me, Michael and Nick became great friends through Realtree. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when uh, Michael left Realtree um, as an employee um, to start, um, well, he came to me and uh, Nick and asked if we were interested in being a part of bone collector a project that right. he was starting and took us all of about two seconds to say yeah <laughs> so uh that came together in 2007 and in 2008 i um i had sold my store actually I, yeah. I was still running my store all this time so for 12 years i had a store and i sold it in 2007 and it just everything worked out just perfect just transitioned into bone collector and then we thought ah this would be a good two or three year run we'll see how it goes you know yeah. you always hope for the best but prepare for the worst and and uh here we're still going you know we're yeah. 12 years later we're yeah. still going so it's it's been a blessing for sure so yeah. i'm i'm still ready to fletch arrows in a <laughs> archery shop once this thing closes up <laughs> i don't know they like said it's 2019 now and y'all are yeah. still right up there at the top I, of the heap doing good i know we, we uh things are changing so fast between you know uh well i mean here we are doing a podcast that's yeah. so popular and and digital media and and uh youtube and social media and television it's uh you just 
don't know which crossroad we're going to go down. You know, but I've seen it change just in the short time I've been yeah. in the industry. And like yeah. I said, I've been. I mean, it's been. I, I'm still. I consider myself still very new to it. Yeah. But like just in that time, how much? I mean, like when I first started, podcast wasn't a thing. Or yeah. Not, not to what it is now. No. Now, uh-huh. now they're very popular. Yeah. Everybody seems to listen to them on flights or long drives, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it seems like especially you know my son's in here with us now, but he's a. Uh, uh, everybody lives like five and ten minutes at a time. Exactly. Yeah, it's like they don't have time for an hour-long show. Mm-mm. That's a, in the, yeah the YouTube world and all Instagram and Instagram stories. I mean, you know, I mean, like I was I, I was watching your turkey season unfold through your Instagram page. Yeah. All spring. Yeah, it's like uh, you can't hold on to a kill for three or four months. You gotta uh-uh. you gotta get her done. You got to post it when you kill it. It's yeah. almost like you're pulling the trigger and hitting sand all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all happens fast, man. Yeah. It happens so fast. Yeah. It um. I got to tell when you said uh, David Blanton's name, it made me think of a, a story with him. I say I, I I love that guy. Oh yeah. Love that guy. I don't see him as much as I wish I did, but um, because he I I put David into that same same crowd that I was putting. You know, like I I was always. I said, as much fan of you and a fan of David. David was just somebody that I just looked up to, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, he actually, we have a, a local show in um, Jackson, Mississippi, every year called the Wildlife Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was two or three years back he came and and worked it, and uh, he was actually at the Primos booth because I think I don't know how I don't know how all that worked out, but he was at our booth with us, and so I got to hang out with him. And first, you know, my first impression, like, man, he's just so down to earth nice guy just oh, yeah. couldn't i was like man this is great now in the same time you know like in the back of my head I'm like man this is david blanton i'm getting to hang out with yeah. this is so cool yeah uh well, a couple of years later um i'd gotten to shoot you know for just will and and the, the everyone at primo's being as good natured as they are they let me get an elk tag and i got to shoot my first bull elk with my bow and that show was airing that night on Outdoor Channel. It was a big deal for me, you know, because I was, you know, it was just a lot. And I'll never forget, as soon as that show aired, my phone buzzed. I looked at it and had a text from David. And he was just talking about, man, that's awesome. I'm so proud for you. And I just, like, I was just so, because, again, I was like the little 12-year-old me that watched him on TV. Just yeah. never saw that happening. I was like, man, David Blanton just congratulated yeah. me on an elk I killed. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And oh, I, yeah. He's just—I don't know. He just—he's always struck me as a kind of guy that likes to see other people succeed. Yeah, he's—he's he's a really, really open-hearted and really uh, thoughtful too, for sure. He's—it he, seems like he says the right things at the right time, or even when you don't even think think yeah. he's watching or or thinking about it. So, yeah. yeah, he's been a fantastic friend for so many years and uh, very instrumental in, uh, you know, the T-bone platform, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he between him and Bill and Michael, yeah, um, they've really really and, and the whole Realtree team has been really generous to me so um yeah I, I love those guys yeah they're a good group of guys Shoot, for sure yeah. well and primos too i've always looked up to them i mean long before uh you know long before i was ever even a blip on the radar for tv and stuff man i always watched i can remember way back when when the uh, phone bleat would come out man i was like yeah. oh man we'd take that thing to this is when i was hunting on management areas so i'd take that phone bleat and because i mean <laughs> I mean, even to this day, I'm an old slickhead killer from way back. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, man. So yeah. we'd be screaming on that thing, here come mama, here come mama. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, thing, that thing was awesome. I, yeah. I, I've always loved Primo's Calls. Solid, just a solid group of folks. And, yeah. I mean, you could hear, Will could tell a story 
he could tell you about brushing his teeth and you'd be sitting on the edge of the chair. Exactly. Seriously, I mean, you'd be like. Exactly. He just it just gathers your attention so well. He's just such a great dude. Yeah. He's 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 one of the favorite people on the planet. He's good yeah. as gold. And yeah. he's still, I had so many of those. I said those moments. I still remember that, like, that first year when I was first getting to know Will and I'd, like, I would almost be halfway neglecting my job of vi- videoing because I'd be so caught up in, oh, my gosh, I'm hunting with Will Primos, yeah. you know, and I'd be, ah, hey, film. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. got to film, like, you got to film. Yep. Um, but it, I can, like, I can remember the first time I saw him, like, you know, call a deer in. I was like, I felt like I was watching, I don't know, I felt like I was watching Picasso paint a picture or something. I'm like, <laughs> man, look, just, I don't It's been a, I feel like my whole career at Primo's has been like a, how in the world did I end up here? You know, getting to yeah. do all this. Oh, I st- I'm still that way. Yeah. I'm still that way. I said, man, I'm just a fat kid that drew a bow back way back when. And <laughs> I can't believe, I mean, I seriously, I, I just can't believe this. It's like, this is like the dream life. And like, I'm going to wake up and be back at 24 years yeah. old and and you know running a construction crew or working on a construction right. crew yeah what I, what i like about it most is um you know listen to your story and then it doesn't even necessarily have to be like you know like hunting industry stories i had the guys a couple of weeks ago from um uh muscadine bloodline mm-hmm. country and they every time you hear it seems like the, the the folks i've talked to every time you hear stories like that of people that ended up you know in like a career like yours a career like theirs it's just you, you got to respect something about Someone said, you know what, I'm at least going to give a shot at doing what my passion is. Yeah. And the story is not always the most clean cut. And it's not always just, you know, like one one step led to this. And it was just this all pretty picture that led straight to it. But it all, it's it's always, it's always just, it always makes for such an inspiring story, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I tell folks all the time, like, yeah, I started my own archer shop. And, you know, you you just say that. You know, back in the day, you know, I worked for two years and I was a, a played employee and then I started my own archery shop. Well, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was a passion. But there again, for the first five years, it was all we could do to pay our light bill. Mm-hmm. It was all I could do to just make everything. But I, I would work 80 hours a week and not even think about it because you're pursuing your passion. Right. You're doing something that you love. I mean... I tell a lot of folks this physique was built on some bologna sandwiches and some frozen pizzas because, I mean, it's just like you, you live eight years of just like in college, you know, how you yeah. the bare minimum and you, you don't think of, think about it at all. It, it You see so many now you can watch people on the, uh, social media and stuff on inspiration, stuff like that. And my dad and my uncles were always right because you see you see a lot of people that go to that job, that nine to five, they're miserable. They can't wait to get home. And they're miserable all the way up to the time that they retire. Yep. And they didn't really, they're, they're looking forward to 62 when they can start living. And I'm like, the older I get, life's too short. You know, you see so many people that are, you know, passing away too early or, mm-hmm. or they never make it to that. Or yeah. they, they get to retire and they got, they build all this pension and money. And it's like, okay, we're going to buy that camper in Winnebago and we're going to see the country. And then. They got cancer and they die. In yeah, it just year. never gets you know? to that point. Mm-hmm. I know it, and I'm not saying you know throw caution to the wind. You got to live and be responsible for your family, but got to make memories while you can yeah. and, and do something that you absolutely love. I mean, so many kids now are are. I, I don't want to tell them not to go to college, but so many kids are going to college and not pursuing a trade. Yeah, where we need that. We need the blue collar worker out there. I mean, he's kind of getting looked looked down upon now. Where we need more of that, and you need more learn your trade be be proud of being a machinist be proud of being a heat and air conditioning guy and then do something that you love you know even if that's uh 
I mean, going garage hunting and selling stuff on eBay. Yeah. If you love doing that, you you won't feel like you worked eight yeah. hours a week. And yeah. Before you know it, you done scratched out a living and you know, 35 years down the road, man, you have like, what man, time just flew by mm-hmm. and I had a great time. So yeah. I just can't see so many people are just so miserable in their job. And I'm like, just do something that you love, no matter what it is, just do something that you love. I agree with that a hundred percent. And that's coming from like, I'm, I'm still in college. Yeah. I'm still, I've actually got an online assignment that I have to turn in to before midnight tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's like, so it's taken me, I had, I think technically I was on, I had like a, I was like halfway through my junior year when I got the call to go work at Primo's and I wasn't going to turn that down. But the whole story that goes is like one, my mother would hung me, hung me by my toes if I just said, I'm not finishing. And then the day I went in there, uh, Will like stopped the interview midway through it and said, I'm not going to hire you unless you don't promise me you're going to finish your schooling. I said, yes, sir, I'll finish my schooling. But with that being said, I still think, like kind of like what you the whole stick about i'm not trying to tell people don't not go to college either but the whole stick like you have to i don't think that's true no, like no. Said, there's, there's some people that like i have very good friends that didn't go to college you know they just they said they picked up a trade and that's what they love to do and you know what right they're happy yep they're happy doing what they're doing yeah and and, and you see so many people that get locked in that i have to go to college and I'll be honest, college just wasn't for me. I didn't know that at the time. I do now. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that it's, college is just not for them. Yeah. And, and then, like, my, my wife, um, her best friend is uh, mid-40s and still paying on college mm-hmm. tuition. And, and you know, it, I, you see so many people now that have college educations, and I'm not bashing college by no means. It can be good, you know, if you choose wisely. But they're working at McDonald's because yeah. there's no place for them in, the, yeah. in there. Or they're trying to hold on for that hundred thousand dollar a year job that's just not there yet yeah. you know you got to kind of get experience it's i i when you get out of college you don't have the experience but then you got to have the experience so somebody's got to give you a break mm-hmm. just like when you get a car at 16 it's a uh, you can't buy a car till you get a job you can't get a job till you get a car yeah. somebody's got to give you that little old push <laughs> you know a little so, bit of a help out yeah, yeah. so so uh, you know i'm not anti-college by no means but I, I would never shun nobody for saying you know what i just don't want to go to college yeah. it ain't for me I want to learn a trade. I want to do something that I'm passionate about. And, and you know, by no means don't sit up like a bump on a log. You got to work. You mm-hmm. got to work for something passionate. Uh, don't be a bump on a log, but do something you love and just go at it just yeah. full force. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, re- I really couldn't. So, like, let me ask you this. Like, how, like, kind of that, that mindset that you just were talking about, like, how much of that transfers over? I don't even know if you, if you think about it this way, but, like, like I know – if I'm on, which I, 99% of the time, if I, I'm on, I use Instagram more than any other social media. If I see a post from you, whether it's a post or a story, like it's gonna be some kind of positive, upbeat something. Like you're, you're always this positive figure. You're like I'm always, you know, it's like I'm, I rarely do. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything you that's like downtrodden. Yeah. You know, do you, is that something you 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 try to be like? Do you tr- like try to be this uplift? Because you are. Like I always yeah. like said, you're 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 just you're uplifting you know you're well, I encouraging that. yeah i um I, I guess that's just the way i'm wired i mean don't get me wrong we all have bad days right lip poked out but like uh you know after i've traveled for months on months doing you know events and stuff like that it wears you down but I, I get there thinking i'm like man i could be roofing a house i could be baling hay right i mean i, I you know suck it up big boy you got a pretty good job mm-hmm. you got a pretty good life and and it, it's 
takes just as much energy to be happy and smiley and try to, you know, spread that on. I, I, I guess I'm wired as a people pleaser, and I'm, I mean, you, you see negative stuff and you, you kind of cringe about it, but right. it, it ain't like I have to refrain hard from saying something. I, I just, I don't know, I just want to make people laugh. And yeah. I, I realize, you know, I guess I'm a outdoor entertainer or whatever. I should probably post a little more stuff of a lot more hunting, but I don't want to drive it down the throat. I mean, that's what social media is. I mean, that's the kind of things we're doing is funny right. stuff at home. I try to make it a good mixture of hunting and shooting and laughing and then, you know, taking care of a sponsor or a partner here and there. Right, so yeah. try to make it a good mix. But, uh, no, if something's funny, I want to share it. You know, yeah. no, no different than the way I look at it is, is not fans or followers. And Michael and Nick feel the same way is it's just one big old group text. We got a hundred and something thousand group texters. That's the way I yeah. look at it. So when you get in a good group text and you send in funny stuff and, and, uh, that's the way I feel about it. I'm like, man, I bet people would like this. I want to share this <laughs> or I'll see something and, and somebody else posted it. I'll, I'll put it on there too. So I, I just want to, share the happiness you know yeah ain't, for sure there's too much negativity in the media today anyway way I'm like, too much yeah i ain't got time for that way no. too much i got to where i don't even watch the news anymore just just because of that it just yeah. brings you down in the dumps yeah oh it's it's, it's mostly all it is just I know. sad stories i know, you know? If you haven't checked out Primos.com lately, you're doing yourself a disservice. You can go there right now and order all of your favorite Primos products and have them shipped directly to your door. And right now, we're offering free shipping on all orders of $75 or more. Check it out. You won't regret it. One thing I always appreciate, because, like, I don't know how you are, but, like, with my crew that I work with, me being here's where i'm going with this like i I, it's not uncommon for me to see a a post from you that's uh ufc related Mm -hmm. like or mma related Mm -hmm. and with my the the crew that i work with i'm an island as an mma fan like none of them watch really me and my wife that's probably the tightest bond we have is ufc really (laughs) we love it we love ufc and you're gonna laugh at me, but golf. I love watching golf. I don't no, like. Yeah. I don't like playing it. I have no desire to play it, but I love watching golf, following golf, <laughs> and UFC. Well, and I like. I mean, I like all sports, but right. But UFC and golf are my two favorite to watch. Yeah. So. so, like Jordan and Jordan. Um, I, I see Jordan during the hunting season more than I see any other human being, and he'll walk in. You watching that again? I'm like, yeah, the fight song. Like, yeah. I'm going to go watch something else. Just I can't. I get no love. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. And all I can think of is I'm like, this is a Friday. I'm like, if it was one day later, we could, I mean, Junior Dos Santos and Francis Ngannou are fighting tomorrow. We could have watched that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, what about old, I got I to gotta give some love to, to our, our mutual friend, Corey Anderson. Yep. Solid as they come. Yeah. Yeah. Corey is a, a, a great dude. You know, uh, I, I you and I have talked about it actually, but we've, We've both been friends with him for a while now, and uh, yeah. got to meet him. He, uh, I, I was speaking at a Whitetails Unlimited banquet up in right on the New Jersey Pennsylvania border, and he lives right there, about forty minutes away. Right. Invited him over, him and his uh, wife and his son. They mm-hmm. all came to the event, and they hung around for a great for a while. But yeah, man, he is a uh, one. He's a great UFC fighter. I personally, and you, you and I've talked about mm-hmm. this. I think he's kind of getting shafted or kind of uh, getting the cold shoulder. Yeah, it, it's due. He's time. Um, you know his records. His record's proven, and I think that something will happen after John Jones fights. I think once they see where that all shakes out, I yeah. think they're going to let him climb the ladder, and they should. He, he deserves, deserves it. Yeah. yeah. There's. I can't even remember who posted it. There was a and we, and Corey because he's going to listen to this. I know yeah. he is. But yeah. Like we're 
love, throwing out some love for you, man, because I don't get it either. Yeah. Like, it's, there's like, they put out, there's some kind of list of like people in the top five that he's beaten. Yep. And then like compared to who they've lost to. And it's like the rankings make no sense. Yep. Like, I'm like, why he, I mean, but. It's because he's country's cornbread and he's a hunter. He needs to get, he needs to get all tattooed up and put something under his forehead. And <laughs> he, <laughs> he is. Got, you got to have a niche, Corey. Yeah. He is, <laughs> he is eight up with hunting oh yeah eight up with it i would i, I text him after his uh he fought uh Ilir latifi last and I, te- I text him and the first thing he said was man when i got back to the locker room i picked up my phone and i had a uh my <laughs> trail cam sent me a picture of a shooter buck <laughs> yeah like, yeah i was like yeah you redneck <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he was sent, he he always uh you know chit-chatting back and forth would you try this do this or 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 uh, certain things so yeah that's always fun to to um, mess with him on things like that, and you know, what little bit I can help, I try to help all yeah. I can. I'm sure you do the same oh, yeah. too, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it's funny because uh, you know, we're t- you see a lot of the guys, and you know, we're, we're all friends with several of them, and they mm-hmm. they seem to you know up and down, and you know, like okay, I'm not training now, and hey, I'm gonna go into eight weeks of camp, twelve weeks of camp, get back down. Corey's ready anytime. Yeah. He's almost like Cowboy Cerrone. You you, you yeah. call him eight days, and he says, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's sitting on G waiting on O. Always. He is ready. That yeah. dude's always in the gym. Yes. Always. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. And a, just a good, solid dude, man. You t- he's got his head on straight. Mm-hmm. He's he's so focused. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, we, I hope to uh, – we hadn't made our schedule yet, but we hope to uh, hunt together. We'd always do a Pennsylvania, New Jersey yeah. show where we do eradication. So, uh if we we do do that this year yeah. in October, we're gonna have Corey over and share awesome. camp with us. Yeah, yeah. I hope y'all get to do that. Those I always like those shows too. Yeah, those are always. Who don't like stacking yeah. them up like cordwood? Especially <laughs> it just it's just a different setting. You know, yeah. it's always fun to see something different. I mean, y'all got them walking through, you know, like front yards. Oh, and I stuff. know. It's Every, funny. Everybody, you know, everybody aspires to go to Kansas, Illinois, Iowa. I mean, that's a given. But you think of all the hunters that are in the Northeast. Those guys like to hunt too. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's way more hunters right right in that area. We got to celebrate the way they have to do it. So, uh, and man, they got plenty of targets. That's for uh, sure. We, we went uh, uh, the first Pennsylvania, the only Pennsylvania hunting experience I had was last spring. We went hunting with uh, Levi Morgan. Oh tur- yeah, turkey hunting. Yeah, doesn't he shoot a bow? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I had to give him a few pointers yeah. when I was up there, but yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, but man, the turkey hunting up there was crazy yes and the country up there is beautiful yes it that's is. i was like man i need to this is which we were going to go again this year but we uh end up having to cancel last minute because the weather's going to get us yeah but and that's that we were actually i was trying to work it i tried hard uh, to get where i could go turkey hunting with Corey this year yeah but it just it just didn't work out we didn't start talking about it till too late in the spring but i told him i was like next spring we're gonna make something yeah. happen because like i just he hasn't killed a turkey yet uh but you know he's been trying man i mean all spring long following him on instagram man he has sure has been trying yeah oh the, the man has no shortage of dedication no no yeah. no every day and it was good to see him work him and his dad drove down and worked on their kentucky land here a while back yeah they got a lease or something in kentucky and they were driving down yeah that was good to see too you could tell that family is key to him like it should be for mm-hmm. all of us yeah yeah he's just one of those guys that you like to see succeed oh yeah and yeah Lord willing, he'll start getting a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, it's been a while since he fought, love. so I, I'm I'm hoping he'll mm-hmm. fight before the end of 19's out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this uh, one question popped into my head. It's kind of taking a taking a sharp right on topic, but I, if some, I, I knew I wanted to ask it. There's a post you made. Um, it's been a while back, but it was about 
uh, is arch. It was about why kinetic energy doesn't matter as much in archery as much as you say it. It was it was the the clip you posted with it was that that baseball game where the pitcher threw it and hit the bird. Mm-hmm. And I've always I was always curious about it because that's all I've or not but that's all you hear is kinetic kinetic yeah. kinetic you got to have kinetic yeah kinetic energy is just a way it, it's a way to measure it, it was basically uh invented or if you read anything from dr ashby mm-hmm. um it, it the the formula was for bullets so it but they transferred that over because of weight and speed to archery well archery is kills better because of momentum mass mass weight so kinetic energy is actually measured this is the redneck terminology by the way so which is what i'll understand yeah because this is not sheldon on big bang i'm not (laughs) i'm not fixing to blow your mind but kinetic energy is measured at the animal's hide meaning like that's the energy that is out of there because what what happens is is a lot of people say they take a light arrow going 320 feet per second and they do the formula of where you uh four four 450240 divided by uh, feet per second, uh-huh. and you, you have a formula, which the formula's out there. I mean, I, could, I think I can relate it. I mean, I can spit it out. But anyway, the formula determines your kinetic energy. So right. you take a light arrow that's going 320 feet per second, and it gives you the kinetic energy. Let's just say that's 70. Well, then I take a heavy arrow going 240 feet per second, something that's like 125, 140 grains heavier but it's only going 240 feet per second, and the kinetic energy is um, like 72. So right. I'm only gaining, in, in people's heads, like, I'm only gaining two foot-pounds of kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, I would much rather have the speed. So why, why, would, I, why would I shoot something heavy and slower? Mm-hmm. That's the thought process of most folks. Well, that is just measured at the height of the animal. Momentum and weight keeps it going through. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost like if I took a ping-pong ball, and I threw it at you going 150 miles an hour, or I took a baseball at 50 miles an hour, you'd rather get hit by the ping pong. It's going to hurt less. Yeah. Because what it means is the energy is dispersed at the hide. Right. Meaning, like, because it's light, it doesn't, it doesn't maintain that kinetic energy. Yeah. It hits, and then it's done. And then if the arrow's flying wrong, the, the, if the arrow's flying straight, the energy goes right down the arrow, just like if you're driving a nail. So if you hit the hammer, you hit the nail – Right dead center, mm-hmm. all the weight, that mass weight drives that nail right into the woods. But you know how we all shank it? Right. If you just slice off of it, all that weight grazes it. It knocks it in a little bit, but the mass weight continues off to the side and puts you a big old uh, scar on the wood. Gotcha. So so with, with your arrow flying true and more heavy heavy weight, that's why we, like with bow fishing, mm-hmm. you're shooting 35 pounds with a 1,200 to 1,400 grain arrow penetrate through six eight fish and a root in the bottom you don't have any problems with it so that's why people are successful with real heavy arrows and recurves at like 40 and 45 pounds it's because of the mass weight right you know like if you took a hyundai and it 40 mile an hour and went through a brick wall or you took an 18 wheeler 40 mile an hour the 18 wheeler is not going to be stopped so mass weight's going to win now, there is, I mean, you know, you can get too slow to where trajectory is a problem and, mm-hmm. you know, your yard is just uh, judging is, is off quite a bit. So uh, that, that can be a problem for sure. But me personally, I like a real heavy arrow. A seven grains per pound of bow weight is a good average. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little heavier than that. And I like to be on a hunting shaft about 14% FOC up to about 18 or 19% FOC. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, going about 280 feet per second, right. 260, 70, 80, 290 feet per second. That combination is forgiving, easy to steer, makes the bow real quiet because you have mass weight. It's not making the bow erratic. Right. Real forgiving as far as, you know, because we as humans, we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. So it makes it more forgiving, quieter in flight, uh, and then also it's better in the wind too. So it helps with crosswind because right. of heavy FOC and heavy weight. So um, I hope that kind of answered your question. Yeah, is why for sure. Yeah, kinetic energy is just measured. It's a good number to put on there. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm developed. This is how efficient my bow is. That's the way kinetic energy. Right. So if you're pulling 70 pounds and whatever arrow weight you're shooting and whatever speed you're shooting, it'll tell you how efficient it transfers the energy of that bow into the arrow and how efficient it is. It maintains its efficiency. Yeah. But momentum is what's going to get you the penetration and the um, – redneck terminology knockdown power the so knockdown yeah. power yeah shooting white-tailed deer you know most of the average small white-tailed deer that we got in the southeast you know you can get away with faster and a little lighter but you know if you hit a shoulder just right if you hit a uh, you know an elk hunt or a big mule deer or hogs and yeah stuff hog like that, even yeah. yeah you can run into some problems so you know every everybody wants to think everybody wants to think the um uh, yeah, I think the first time that I I hog hunted or tried to shoot a hog with a bow, I was on the on the side of I wanted as fast as I could get. Yeah. And I think my arrow probably went in that because I hit him, I kind of hugged the shoulder a little too tight. I think I got like three inches of penetration. Yeah. Because, I, mean, I mean, my arrow was way too light to be trying to shoot a hog. Yeah, and and you can see, like, especially with TV and so many people recording their stuff, you know, when, you, when you've got something light, they kill the deer – but a lot of times the arrow won't go through. Yeah. It won't punch a hole on the other side. I mean, luckily these broadheads that, you know, we're all shooting, and there's a lot of great broadheads out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're doing enough damage that you are retrieving the deer. However, you know, my thinking is is I, I like to measure the penetration in the dirt on the other side of the critter right. with two holes, two big massive holes. So, you know, you, you're not really building it, an arrow or the forgiveness for the perfect shot because – you could take a field point and kill a deer with the perfect shot, but with a moving critter and us being humans, yeah, for uh, sure, you, you you wind up having problems as far as um, you know penetration and stuff. Yeah. So we're building it the, the forgiveness, so to speak, so that we get the right penetration, and then we do make those marginal shots. We're still going to get the critter. We we owe it to the critter. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I've built, you know, I, I say this because I've been self-proclaimed mad scientist archery wise i've built setups from 340 feet per second screaming super light you know all the way down to 220 basically shooting a bow fishing arrow to hunt with so right so i, I you know i've experimented them and and to me that seven grains per pound good rule of thumb 15 grains foc 15 percent foc and then to also um um, you know, shooting at 260 to like 290, that's that's a good combination, great yeah. combination, yeah. That speed, you, li- you like that speed because mo- it's just forgiving? Is that? Yeah, um, well, it, it makes it hard to reach higher speeds with that heavy of an arrow. Gotcha. Yeah, because otherwise gotcha. you end up going up 80 pounds and then yeah. you're, you know, um, not that you can't shoot 80 pounds, but then you end up getting a little less forgiving, you know, right. by going up higher poundage. So, you know, a good I, – I like to take a 70-pound bow and just bottom it out, whatever it may be, and that that ends up being, you know, 72, yeah. 3, 4 pounds. Bow seems to perform better being bottomed out and right. not so sloppy. So yeah, that's what I kind of like. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I like hearing you say that because it seems like every person that we talk to is uh, that has an archery question, it's 
everyone wants the fastest bow they can possibly yeah. have. They just speed, 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 speed. And get you know, light, like to the point of like, man, why are you shooting an arrow that light for? And here's the other thing is, uh, you know, speed. We, we being guys, we're macho and speed, and it's nice to be able to say, yeah, I'm shooting 320. And I went, I went through that, and I see folks, because I haven't a shop for so long, I see, see things like that. But, you know, doing testing, most de- all deer are killed 40, year, 40 yards and less. Right. 40 yards and less. Well, mm-hmm. um, you, have to, you have to shoot over 320 feet per second to see a difference in your pin gap under 45 yards. So from zero to 40, you're not going to really change that hardly at all yeah. as long as you're shooting 280 feet per second um, or around 280 feet per second. You've really got to shoot 320 to see under 40 tighten up any. So you're not really gaining yeah. anything. You are at longer distances. But my thinking is, is if I'm going to take a shot over 40 yards, well, first of all, I put my corn piles closer than 40 <laughs> yards. You know what I'm saying? But if, <laughs> but if I've got to shoot farther than 40, yeah. I'm going to have a laser range finder. The, the, I'm not going to take a pop shot at a rutting bucket, uh, you know, beyond right. that far. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I know the yardage and I can make a good, methodical, yeah. slow, good shot. So I'm going to know how far he is. So yeah. it's not really going to matter. Yeah. And then I want that arrow to be forgiving when it gets there. And then I want it to have it enough weight to do the damage when it gets there. Right. So. Um, I, I'm trying to consider all things. Uh, I think that you know, 260 to 290 is a is a good speed. Anything faster than that, like I said, you got to be going 320 to 340 to see a difference. Yeah. Bows will do that, but when manufacturers are telling us their fastest speeds, right. everybody thinks that they need to shoot that fast. Rhea. All that does is let you know how efficient that bow is. Helps them sell it because there yeah. are speed freaks out there. Right. But with the bow companies building more efficient and innovative uh, cams and bow systems, we should take that and harness it. So in, instead of 20 years ago, when we had to pull 80 pounds just to get 260, now we can shoot a real heavy arrow, yeah. real comfortable at 62, and do things way better than yeah. we ever could. A real quiet, solid bow that's never going to tear yeah. up on us. Harness that energy for a better, quieter, more mm-hmm. forgiving killing machine. Right, because that's the other thing too. Everyone thinks they're like, "What's the what's the optimum? What's the heaviest these limbs can go?" Well, that's why I'm a pool. Yeah, people be up there sky drawing or yep. having a hemorrhage just about yeah. trying to get that bow back. When, like you said, you can put it at 62 or whatever and just like butter. Whoop, you know, exactly. and then you're not spoken anything, you know, and then you can. Because and that's a, like the other thing too. Like a lot of places we hunt it, like at Cottonmouth, the place on the river. Like you're not gonna get a shot over forty yards. Most Can't see of the time. farther than that. No. Hardly. No. Yeah. Hardly ever. Like, and you're like, what's the, you know, what's the point? And that's interesting too, because I, I bet, like, because I mean, I say, like, I didn't know that that once you got, you'd have to get to the three twenty, three forty speed before you saw a difference in those pins. I mean, that makes it then, because that one, like, really, what's the point? Exactly. You know, when you can, I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't. I personally, like, I couldn't take a shot at a deer. At 60 yards and call it ethical i don't i'm not good yeah. enough for all that well and I, I practice out long distance like i posted something the other day of where where like i got a, a, a one of my outdoor targets i've got where i can shoot 140 yards yeah and and not that i would ever shoot at a deer that far i right. mean maybe for the second shot if i happen to goof up the first one right but, right but i like shooting that far because everything has to be right and plus it's it's so therapeutic watching an arrow fly that far right so i shoot that far and it builds your confidence so that you know under 40 and 30 and it just seems just 
your confidence is so so high yeah. so and it's fun you know to get out there with your buddies and shoot that far so that's why i i shoot that far i mean there was several people that posted you know you don't want to be shooting at a deer that far well i know yeah. that I, I know that i mean and i don't condone that you need to but i'm just saying it sure is nice to to be able to do it you know so the old keyboard warriors yeah let's see that's the it, uh levi i was talking to uh Levi, not it's been I don't know a year or two ago, but I was telling him about that, and I told him I said, man, honestly, I rarely shoot over forty or fifty, even on the range, just because you know I'm like, because I'm not shooting that far. I said, man, he said I would highly suggest like start like doing what you're talking about, and I ended up getting a a, a, a roller sight, an adjustable sight, mm-hmm. just because he, he said, dude, you practice at those long distances. He said you get to where you can get consistent at those. He said that makes forty and in where your shots are. He said you wouldn't believe the difference you'd see. Oh yeah. Once you start, if you can get consistent at shooting, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety yards. Yeah. To even like, and again, I'm no Levi Morgan or Tim Gillingham. You know, yeah. I can't make a four inch group at ninety yards, but I'm better than I used to be at That's it. That's right. And it made forty and in happen a lot easier for me. Well, and then back in the day when you thought like I can't shoot that far, now you say, well, I can shoot that far. Right. Just to shoot it. Yeah. You can shoot that far, so yeah. it does help your confidence. And mm-hmm. like I said, it was it was fun. And and one of the posts, that post, I don't know if you'd seen it or not, but I, a lot of guys don't have roller sights. You know, yeah. they can't afford a three or four hundred dollar sight. Right. So, I took a piece of PVC pipe, a twenty foot stick, put it behind the target, and you put uh, um, duct tape every foot. So you got something to aim at. So the guy, Billy Joe Lunchbucket, that's got only a 40-yard sight, yeah. he's got something to hold on. He, he might not be hitting exactly a dot, but he can right. see how tight his groups are. Yeah. So he can shoot, you know, out to 80, 90, 100 yards, yeah. even with a, a pin sight that only goes to 40 or 50. See, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, that, man. Like, you, like I would never think about doing that. Well, everybody's held on a tree limb or something yeah. oh, you yeah. know, to hold over. Yeah. But the tree limb's always changing or this leaf moves or something other. So I took a piece of... 20 foot and i can shoot all i'm like my sight don't go to 140 i just take a 100 yard pin and back up and then hold it like six or eight foot over the top of the target on one of those little black pieces of tape and right just shoot me a group you yeah. know just to see where the group is it might not be hitting a uh, you can't put me a, a a can down there and me hit it yeah because it might not be where i'm at but i'm just saying i'm gonna shoot the tightest group i can yeah you can see how consistent you yeah, are yeah exactly i got and that. i got a four foot target there you know square target that yeah i know the air is going to get in so that you're getting practice at that far yeah yeah so it's not like i'm going to shoot a deer that far it would take some kentucky windage but <laughs> but i was going to tell you before i forget the last time i looked on pope and young statistics do you know the average what the average distance is that pope and youngs are killed Pope and Young record book deer killed? I do not. 17.2. Really? So that, that right there should put into perspective everybody thinking, i got to be able to shoot to 60. No, just the average. That's the average. That's the average. So that means there's a bunch of them getting shot at 8, 9, 10. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with that said, 17.2. Last time I looked, it may be different. So yeah. don't, don't beat me up if it's 18.1 no, now. No, but I, I like that average. It's going to stay at yeah. 17.2. Yeah. So, so, so that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd like to go to a, the tree knowing that I'm prepared to shoot as far as I'm confident at. But if I if, if someone said, Lake, right now, you can take a deal and every deer that you shoot for the rest of your life is going to be top pin. I'd go, yep. Me shake, too. Shake my hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be, I mean – uh, it's, there it is, you know. Chris Ashley used to call it that starvation pen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that yeah. video. Oh man, it's so good. That's yeah. such that's such a perfect name for it too. 
<laughs> I remember watching that first time he said that. I thought that was the funniest thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was perfect. Chris is a funny human being. Oh, he is. Yeah, he, he, he's dry, but he's funny. Man, he's just, like, quick-witted. Says it when he needs to, man. He's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a uh, – but, but yeah, I mean – Social media will make you think like, well, I can't shoot to 60 or 70. By all means, you know, folks that are listening to this, just because people are posting those things, it's, it's really just having fun. Shoot within your means, but, man, have fun. Fling arrows yeah. and those little competitions with my buddies in the backyard are some of the funnest days I've ever had, and that, mm-hmm. that's what makes the, the fall time so much sweeter. So yeah. biggest thing is just flinging arrows, you know, get some shots out there, some quality shots, and that will build you on up. Yeah, and having fun with it, like you said. Yeah. That's one thing that is one of the first ten th- things that tends to get zapped first yeah. by social media. People want to suck the fun out of stuff. Ab- absolutely. Shoot that slick head and yeah. ride her around, yeah. man. This one broke 100 yeah. pounds. Who cares? Oh, it's not. That deer's not five and a half. It, no. It's hunting, man. Absolutely, it's man. Hunting. If it, if it t- tricked your trigger, shoot it. That's the way I look at yeah. it. As long as it's legal. That's <laughs> I tell everyone that I might look. If you're hunting legally and ethically, you're good in my book. Me too. Have absolutely. fun. Have fun with it. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. We get asked all the time, what do you think about crossbows? I'm like, I'm all for them. If it's legal, if they made a wrist rocket season, I'd be all for it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be old one day and not be able to pull my bow. I'm yeah. going to have me a crossbow. Yeah. And then for for guys that's on a budget that can't afford it, bows for every one of their kids and yeah. stuff, get you a crossbow and everybody yeah. can go hunt. I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. That, and um, I think it was – I may be completely wrong. I, I want to say it was Jeremiah Dowdy. Uh, but he said it, it was. I, I know I was talking to somebody, and he was having success with crossbows, introducing new hunters, because they, like new hunters that were you know kind of not not kids, but people that were you know twenties or eighteen and up that never shot a gun, and a yeah. gun kind of intimidated them because yeah. they'd never shot one before. And then you can't just throw someone a bow, and you know it takes some. But a crossbow is kind of like that happy medium, yeah. You know where you you know it doesn't take as much practice to get efficient with it. And they're not scared of it. You and know? it builds their interest big time. Exactly. And it makes them want to, they'll look into that compound. Yeah. They, uh, Hoyt did a study actually several years ago, and they said that 64%, that was the number back then, they said that 64% of anybody that tries a, a crossbow that's able to graduates right on over to a compound. Yeah. And I thought that was some great numbers. That you know? is. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and you know, once somebody's a, a compound or, or even a crossbow shooter, you know, there's, so many more opportunities within city limits to hunt. Yeah. The season's longer. So, yeah, it's a win-win if you're an archer hunter. Yeah. My, you're, you're okay in my book. Yeah. Well, you shout, shout out to uh, Levi Morgan. You know, everyone, I think they just assumed him to be one of those, ooh, crossbows. You know, his son, Landon, yeah. killed his first deer with a crossbow this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. I was like, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Why, it why would it not be? Absolutely. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Yep. All around. We've we've already mentioned Levi way too many times. I hope you can edit his name out of this podcast at least at least half the many times that we've mentioned him. You're right. I try yeah. to usually when if I'm talking about Levi, I'm usually giving him grief. I've been way too nice to him. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to give all the positivity towards you and Corey Anderson. So. I've got a picture that I keep. I, this is a funny story on Levi. As we was when we when we're at the shot show, we always have to do photo shoots and stuff for yeah. Outdoor Channel. So when we go, they have a room set up, and they tell you to bring your camouflage, and they run through the poses and do interviews and stuff with you. Well, Levi's times was when we were there, and we were sitting there, and 
Levi sat down and they had the little Hollywood makeup girl <laughs> had him stripped down, you know, on his face and was making him up. And I just took a bunch of pictures and I said, I got these girl. The makeup girl's got green hair and, you know, yeah. looked like she fell face first in a tackle box. Had all kinds of <laughs> she had all kinds yeah. of piercings and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to use this when I need it, Levi. So yeah. you just remember that. Yeah, I got it. And a couple of times throughout the season, he'll kill a big deer and I'll just send him that picture. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Yep. remember when yep exactly so golly that's funny that is funny yeah oh man well look man i know I, i'm not gonna eat up any more of your time i know you know we we had to do some uh bobbing and weaving to get met up with one another and you got to drive to get back to the house i gotta drive ahead so but man look th- really thank you I, I i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation no absolutely i i i, I love doing podcasts and i've been uh been told that i could talk the horns off a billy goat so i enjoy it i'm like we said at the beginning we're you know we're all blessed to have a a career in this industry so uh yeah i i I love talking about it and if it inspires anybody to get out there and and hunt a little bit more or you know uh we was we touched on a little bit ago about how we're two and a half million hunters down than what we was six years ago Mm -hmm. so you know one thing i'd like to leave on is like encouraging you know we all talk about taking kids hunting that's a given but besides taking kids hunting make sure that you're the guy that's looking over the fence next door that's kind of like on the fence well i don't know about hunting or i do Mm -hmm. you know when you're out there skinning that deer over invite him over i mean this is we've been given a platform and by all means we need to shout about getting more hunters into the industry and 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 out into the woods so that we can keep our heritage going but i would like to say every if every licensed hunter got one other person uh, say a backslider hunter or someone that was on the fence or or you know shine showed hunting and outdoors in the positive light if we could just get one hunter a year by every licensed hunter man we'd have those numbers turned around big time so with that said you know instead of giving him the the finger when he's looking over the fence invite him over say hey man we're about to grill out this backstrap come on over here man and give him a a, an ice cold beverage and y'all sit down and let him uh, uh, learn all about it rather than the 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 barbaric figure that they think that we are Show them how much fun it is, 365 days a year, listening to podcasts, shooting bows in the backyard with your buddies, going shopping at all these box stores and, and going out to your land and putting food pots in mm-hmm. and trimming limbs. I mean, all of that is the meat and potatoes. And when you kill the deer, that's the cherry on top. Yeah, or or another redneck cake. term is that's when the pimple pops. You know? <laughs> so so uh, anyway, uh, I, I, you know, all of that being said, just, uh, you know, by all means, we're going to do our part. And we've been lucky enough to have a platform to scream it from the rooftops. And we're going to continue to do so. But, you know, we can't take the whole load. Every mm-hmm. licensed hunter needs to make sure that they take or at least show hunting in a positive light, yeah. whether it be social media or your neighbor yeah. or somebody at church or anything like that. Just yeah. make sure that you you know, uh, tr- try to get hunting uh, turned around again. Yeah. You know, we, we want more hunters. Exactly. Absolutely. And that, in that same vein, I've said that before on, on this podcast, you know, like, say, like, to your point, you know, like, say if, uh, you have a buddy or anybody that's interested in hunting that, that's kind of looked at as, as intimidating or, or whatever, you don't want them to go to your page and see the first hunting picture that you have, click on it, and it be some kind of negative post that's or right. something that comes across as macho or you know just to you want it to be what hunting is man that's it's right fun that's, that's how you exactly want like right. that's why it's, it's like post things to where someone who doesn't know about it or is thinking about it will look at it 
and find it appealing. That's right. That's that's how I think. Yep. Or like, man, that you know, golly, I watched that show or I watched that clip, and those guys had a good time. I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, you know, I mean. Everybody talks about eating organic and stuff. Well, you know, being a hunter is the original organic. Right. So, you know, that just goes hand in hand. There's, If you're checking off negatives and positives, the positives far outweigh if there even is any negatives about hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the, to single mothers, there's so many single mothers out there. You know, um, it may take a little extra effort, but try to get your kids in that. Because yeah. kids that grow up in that hunting lifestyle, I mean, you almost don't. They're on autopilot. You don't really have to worry about them. They're... They're going to be solid, good, good kids. So, uh, yeah, there's just so much good from it. It's more than just killing and eating the critter. There, you get so much more life lessons out of it all year long. So, I don't know. I could talk about it and preach about it, but but at the end of yeah. the day, it's just been so good to me and my family. And uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine a world or my lifestyle without it. Yeah. I mean, period. I, I got to do it. I agree. Hunting and fishing. So, yeah. speaking of, we I guess we should tell them too. Uh, We've met up. We're down here in South Alabama. The way this worked is is Lake was going to come to my house four or five days ago, and we had a major thunderstorm come through, and we was out without power for for two and a half days. So we had to cancel that, and Lake was on a trip uh, down to Florida, and I was coming to pick up a boat that I was getting in South Alabama. So we are down here, and I'm talking about we are in lower Alabama, right on the Florida border. Low, low. Yeah, at the, <laughs> the guy that owns the boat dealerships, he brought us back to his house, and we're having, uh, we're having this podcast in his man cave for the guy that owns these, these pontoon boats that <laughs> yeah. I was getting. So... We uh, where there's a will, there's a way, yeah. and we we did it. Yeah, I think I'm as soon as we end this episode, I'm gonna hop on his Bowflex over there, get a few reps. Man. <laughs> we're looking, we're looking at bars, TVs, and uh, Alabama Roll Tide memorabilia, and <laughs> yeah, it's about to burn me up being a bulldog in here. Yeah, Listen, I'm a Mississippi State uh, man, so I, yeah. I'm not really a threat to anybody, but oh. I can't really handle all the Alabama either. <laughs> They've had their moments for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, back in the Prescott days. It oh, was yeah. good. It was good. Yes, sir. Oh. Well, make sure you tell everybody over at Primos, Will and uh, uh, Jimmy. I was so proud that we didn't mention Jimmy at all this whole podcast. That's a, that's always a goal. Ooh, that's yes. like a big like check off. Like, <laughs> do we get through another one without talking about Jimmy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mark it. That yep. was gonna. It's five stars. <laughs> five. <laughs> but tell everybody over there that I said hello. Oh, we, we appreciate everything y'all do and. Uh, and uh, hope everybody has a rest of the good good summer and hunt season will be here before you know it. Same to y'all. Same to y'all. Couldn't thank you more. So um, I guess we can wrap this one up. Okay. Thank, Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you all for listening. As always, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to send them in. If you don't follow T-Bone on social media, you're missing out, and you should. Uh, and that's it. We're done. Thank you all for listening.